There is an old story about a tourist who went to visit a monastery in the Italian Alps. On the church property, there was a steep path where religious pilgrims would pass through prayer stations depicting the story of Easter. And the tourist decided to join in, so he went through the stations one at a time, praying at each, and then he came upon a clearing where there was an enormous stone crucifix and a group of people praying there, so he figured he'd come to the end of the trail. And he bowed his head to say a final prayer. But as he was closing his eyes, something caught his attention. He thought he saw a little used path going on beyond the cross. And after he finished praying, he decided to explore it. Pretty soon he found himself fighting through brush and brambles until he came to another shrine. It was covered in weeds and, and grass, so he reached down and pulled away fistfuls and then stepped back to take a look at it. It was a shrine to the empty tomb, much neglected, but he thought to himself, it's so beautiful. What a shame that so few seem to make it this far. And then he wondered to himself, why do so many, including me, come to the foot of the cross and then just stop there? Why does it seem natural to so many of us that the cross is the end of the trail? Well, friends, I think perhaps for the same reason that so many of you tell me each year that the most meaningful worship service you experience at our church on an annual basis happens on Good Friday. So many of you tell me that Good Friday means so much to you. On that day each year, we remember Jesus' last hours, his crucifixion, and that service is led by New Zion, our wonderful youth choir, who did an amazing job again this year. It's a simple service, really. There's some acting out of the text, but generally it's just sacred music and the reading of the story, but I don't think anything else is needed. That story is so powerful that as we read the words, they just leap off of the page and become the Word of God. And every year you tell me that you worship, you really worship during that service. And friends, I think it's because deep in our hearts, all of us understand the cross. The cross intersects with human life in such a powerful way. All of us experience and understand suffering and pain and hardship, death, grief. I mean, let's be honest about it, human life is difficult. It's very hard. There's a lot going on underneath the surface. In our culture, there's the pressure to make a living, the pressure to succeed, the pressure to appear a certain way, the pressure to please certain people, and then there's pain. Pain of divorce, pain of children who seem lost, pain of addiction, of rejection, of illness, of things we've done wrong in the past. No wonder, friends, it's, it feels natural to us to come to the foot of the cross and stand there beneath it while the, the path to the empty tomb fills with brush. The cross, we get it. It makes sense to us, but the resurrection, well, that might be a little more difficult to get our arms around. It might 
feel too good to be true. I think Mary Magdalene would understand that. I do. Mary Magdalene knew the truth of the cross. She had witnessed Jesus' death on the cross. She was a witness to his suffering, to his crucifixion. And then Mary Magdalene had had a very hard life herself. You all know that, right? Mary Magdalene had experienced great suffering and pain and rejection and grief in her own life. So when she showed up early in the morning on that third day to anoint Jesus' body, I think she was just expecting more of the same, you know, another dose of grief, his body laid out there in that tomb, hewn out of the rock. But as she approached, even in that early morning light, she could see that something was wrong. The enormous stone that had sealed the tomb shut had been rolled away. It was open. Can you imagine how she felt? Friends, imagine how you would feel if you went to visit the grave of a friend who had been buried the day before, and when you showed up, the grave was open. It's shocking, right? It's, it's a horrifying thing. I think she was trying to figure out what had happened. Why would they do such a thing? Were they so afraid of him in life that they had to disrespect him in death? Did they think he was going to be a martyr? Did they believe that he had some sort of political power even as a corpse? Why would they carry him off and disrespect him like that? So she ran and she ran and she ran in that early morning light, and she brought two of the others back with her, and they looked inside the tomb, and sure enough, she was right. He was gone. He was empty. They eventually decided to go home and tried to get her to go with them, but she refused. She was so full of shock and grief that she was just rooted to the spot, and she stood there, the longest long time and she cried and she cried and she cried and then she decided she would look into the tomb herself and as she bent down and, and looked in there and her eyes adjusted to the darkness she saw two angels and one of them said to her woman why are you weeping and she said oh they have taken away my lord and I do not know where they have laid him. And then she turned to go, and she bumped right into him. But she didn't recognize him. She thought he was the gardener. So she said to him, Sir, if you have taken away, tell me where you have put him, and I will come and get him. And then he said her name. would that be to expect a closed tomb and find an open one to expect a corpse and find discarded grave clothes to expect death and find resurrection it was just unbelievable and yet it was right before her she could see the truth the cross was not the end when Jesus said 
it is finished, hanging on the cross. Those who put in there thought he was done for, but they were wrong. God wins. Victory is ours through him who loved us. He is risen, friends. He is risen indeed, and because he rises, so can we. And that is the promise of Easter. That's the great truth of Easter. That's the fullness of the Christian message. That the story we remember today is not just Jesus' story, it's our story. Do you know that? That the resurrection we celebrate today is not just Jesus' resurrection, it's our resurrection. Do you believe that? Maybe you do on some level. You figure that's hope in the future, that someday you will physically die and you'll know new life in heaven, but now, now, you've just got to grit your teeth and make it through this human life. My friends, if you are thinking that way, I pray you will put it aside because that is not the full promise of Easter. That is not the full truth of the resurrection. To believe like that is to come to the foot of the cross and stay stuck there in the pain and never go on to the joy of the empty tomb. No, because he rises, so can we. Today, no waiting. Today, no waiting. Because he is alive. He offers us new life now. Today we can throw off the grave clothes. Today we can know new hope. Today we can know a new start, a second chance. Today we can know resurrected life. That's the fullness of the Easter message. Now some of you know that I am a Texas girl born and raised. I'm very proud of being a native Texan. That means, among other things, that I enjoyed the pleasures of a Texas childhood. They're just things unique to us down here, right? Like catching lightning bugs in a jelly jar, or enjoying an ice-cold Dublin Dr. Pepper on a sweltering summer day, or going for a ride in a glass-bottomed boat at Ocarina Springs in San Marcos looking for the mermaids the whole time. Pretty cool. And then there's some other things, you know, other pleasures that might not make it into a Bluebell commercial. Things like your brother chasing you through the yard with a horny toad. Or that same brother covering the back of your sweater with dried up brown locust husks. Y'all know those locust shells that I'm talking about? Those dried up brown bug bodies that are all over the trees when the 17-year locusts come up out of the ground. Oh my goodness, friends, when I was a girl, I was absolutely scared silly of those. They horrified me with their great big empty eye sockets, the sick sharp little claws. You could hang them on a lot of things including your sister's sweater, and gin up quite a bit of screaming. But as I've grown older, I've come to appreciate those little brown husks. 
Because I found that if you stop screaming long enough to hold one in the palm of your hand and look at it closely, you can learn something. See, I, I used to think those really were dead bugs, but they're not. They are just an empty husk. In the back of each one, there's a slit with a live insect inside, escaped, pulling out new eyes, new legs, new wings, flying off somewhere, perhaps into the trees to sing a new song. Friends, it's like the miracle and the beauty and the truth of the resurrection in a little brown husk that you can hold. I know that this morning you may be sitting here in your beautiful Easter clothes with a smile on your face that masks so much that's going on underneath. Human life is hard. And you may be thinking to yourself that you're just never going to get life right. And so you've just got to muddle your way through. But don't settle for that. I pray you of resurrection joy that to do that is to stay stuck at the cross and never go beyond it yes we may know new life after death but we may know resurrection life today by the power of the cross for the love of Jesus Christ today you can know new life today you can throw off the grave clothes today you can get rid of that dried up brown husk Today, today, you can see life through your eyes and truly know resurrection, hope, and meaning through Christ. For all of us real people who live in a real world that's complex and broken, where things are so imperfect, that every single one of us needs a Savior, Jesus offers us resurrection life. And all we've got to do to do is accept the gift. That's it. Accept the gift and it begins today. He is risen, friends. He is risen indeed and because he is alive, we may know him alive today. Loving God, we give you thanks for the power of resurrection life. May we have the courage and the hope to embrace it today and all it needs. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.